Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast of Calcio Told Like It Is. I'm Frank Crivello. He's Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. How are we doing on this evening? Uh, just uh, sorry to keep everybody waiting, but you know when it's quality content, they can wait a couple minutes, right? Right, and the chat is lively already. In this, we just started the show, so that's good. That's I wonder, good. What I, wonder what I had for dinner tonight. I had uh, pulled barbecue pork with a side of broccoli. <laughs> so nothing exciting. Um <laughs> Uh, we had the uh, Sunday sauce yesterday. Rafa's yelling at me because he doesn't want me calling it Sunday gravy anymore. I grew up <laughs> calling it gravy. I don't know, you know, what do you do? I just so yeah, uh, did that yesterday. Did that yesterday. So that's that. So uh, I see we yeah see the chat is lively. They've been waiting. Uh, Stevie's on time this time. That's good. George <laughs> is in the house. What's going on, my man? George got some calorie boys coming to help EDF out. Yeah. Uh, so that's. Um, that's going to be exciting. That's going to make that team more exciting. So we shall see. Uh, I don't know what's going on in Antonio Conte's mind where he thinks that on Alexander Kolarov is a better defender than Diego Godin, but here we are. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Yeah. And as, uh, Uncle Sharma asked uh, on a scale of one to Jeremy Clarkson, how how smug are you after that Kolarov decision? <laughs> I don't know Jeremy Clarkson all that well. I assume he's quite smug. Yeah, he's not Frank Cravello's okay. smug, I guess. <laughs> when when am I when am I ever smug? Uh, only when only when you get the Capicaniari pick. Yeah, only when I get the Capicaniari. <laughs> and 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 uh, my guy this year has won so far. So, but he's only played one game. So, uh, okay, so we're, if we're on the uh, if we're on the Romelu Lukaku uh, a goal tracker, he's on pace for thirty eight. Pretty good. It's score pretty a good. goal. Score a goal a game. That's all you need, of course. Yeah. I think the, the leader in the clubhouse is uh, on three right now, if I'm not mistaken, Mr. Uh, CR7, which would be put him on a pace for 57. So. I've heard of him before. Yeah, uh, I'm familiar with this. I'm familiar with his work. <laughs> Chat, let's have some questions. Uh, fire away. Tell us uh, or ask us what you would like to know. I think we're going to get into a few headlines and then we'll uh, batch together, uh, you know, what happened on match week two we got some teams finally off of their first game we got to see some teams for a second time we're going to break it all down here so uh top story right now genoa uh have anywhere from 14 i believe it's 14 players and staff uh testing positive for covid at the moment could yeah. be throwing in jeopardy uh their match this weekend and uh, i do want to take a look at who, yeah. who are they playing this weekend um, uh, I don't know who they're playing, but so the big, the big controversy is, is you know, before the game against Napoli, everyone's like, "What are you going to play or not? Are you not going to play?" They're trying to get people not to not to get the team to play. They played regardless. Then they found out the fourteen positive tests came up. Now Napoli's like, "What the hell is this? You know, you're, you're getting canceled the game. Then we got a big game against Juventus. Are you going to suspend that game? What's going on here?" So, um, yeah, it's a whole bunch of shit in the air right now, and it's uh. A lot of people have answers. That, you know, a lot of people have answers to to give because uh, we knew about this before the game that this is a possibility, and you know that well, it's another stain possibly for Serie A. Let's see. Hopefully, it's hopefully they can get this you know quelled really quickly. But uh, who knows? Yeah, Genoa plays host to Torino, so obviously uh, uh, Torino yeah. is going to be pretty aggressive in wanting to know what's going on. I believe. Yeah. Uh, and that's and that's on Saturday. Um, on Sunday, we have Napoli uh, against Juventus, uh, or Napoli traveling to the J to play Juventus. So Napoli's obviously going to want to know. They've been getting uh, tested like regularly since the game. Uh, just trying correct. to make sure no one's been uh, 
positive. So right, right. So, um, so that's going to be um, that's going to be something that's going to be interesting and is definitely going to be something worth tracking. Um, I mean, it's the world we're in right now. We're going to have these interruptions and games are going to get moved and. Uh, I don't think the whole league is going to take a pause, George. I think we're at a point where games can be rescheduled and things can get sorted out. I think we're that far along in understanding what's going on with this with this virus that you're seeing leagues and you're seeing other sports doing that. I mean, here Major League Baseball, they just you know they postponed games. Uh, I mean, there were moments where teams weren't playing for up to a week, um, and then they got moved into double headers and so on and so forth. So. Um, you know, so, you know, NFL is dealing with a little bit of a mini crisis right now this week as well with a couple of teams, the Titans um, and the Vikings right now. Uh, I think it's largely with the Titans and the Vikings just played them. So they're taking they're just doing things out of an abundance of caution. Yep. So things are going to get figured out in that regard. And I think that's really what you're going to see. I don't think you're going to see the league go on a pause. I don't think anybody wants to see that anymore. Um, no. I think what you're going to see is you're going to see games just getting rescheduled and um, you know, everybody, you know, so that everybody can properly get their ducks in a row and, and have an available squad to field for matches. Yep. Yep. So, um, transfer news. Uh, let's get into that real quick. Um, so Milan in, goes into the uh, category of, uh, this guy completely balled out against us in a, in a game. So we're going to buy him as you would. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, I believe that uh, worked out pretty well for Manchester United some yeah. 17 years ago when they traveled to play a friendly against Sporting Lisbon. Yeah. Um, and uh, after the game, uh, Ryan Giggs went running to Sir Alex Ferguson and said, uh, uh, that Ronaldo boy, you might want to sign him. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not making that comparison with, with the Antetra <laughs> but I watched, you know, I watched the game on Thursday. I went back and I watched the highlights. I actually put the video clip. Somebody did a video clip of all of uh, Hauga's highlights against um, against Milan. And uh, man, this guy, this guy can be a player. I yeah. mean, I love, I love his, I love his range, yeah. his passing. Um, a, a guy that demands the ball. Um, you know, I, every time he passed, he moved. Play on both space. wings. I mean, wow. Yeah, yeah. Created, finished. Um, I, I texted the video to a friend of mine and, uh, you know, he came back and responded. Um, yeah, he came back and responded. He said, he looks like the real deal, but his teammates choked on some of his room service deliveries. Yeah, rightfully so. I said, you know, can you imagine him doing that, playing at that kind of level and doing those sorts of things and playing to players like Ibra and Diaz and, uh, and the like now, I think that, you know, initially the thought was that he was going to be um, staying at Glimt and then joining in January, but now it's supposed to be a full transfer. He's coming to Milan now. Um, let's talk about Jens Petter Hauga, who could be the uh, this this. It, he feels like a guy. When I first saw him play, you know, and when I saw the whole deal was going down, I I felt like this is something Atalanta would do. This is a guy that Atalanta would get. Now Milan are getting him. Well, hopefully they can develop him like Atalanta would and not uh, develop him as they have recently with uh, Paqueta or, or Piantic, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, this kid seems like he has a lot of talent. Uh, obviously, he can play in uh, many versatile positions, uh, can score, can pass, uh, has the work rate, uh, has the vision and the knowledge. Uh, let's see if he can put it together and, and, and can Pioli put him in the right places to be successful. That's, I think, the key. Uh, you know, we, we've seen 
purely have a, a, a plethora of, of options, not, not necessarily great options, but options, and not necessarily putting the pieces in the right positions. Uh, you know, Chalanolu Chala, uh, recently has started playing in a position that he, he's flourishing in. Obviously, Rebic and Zlatan is Zlatan. Uh, but, you know, you know, having trouble with, you know, Paqueta and um, and guys before that, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how Pioli uh, maneuvers, uh, maneuvers this young man. And, uh, man, potential is there. Well, let's see. Let's see. Right. Agreed. Agreed. So we will uh, we'll 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 certainly uh, uh, look forward to seeing what he can uh, what he can put together and how he can contribute. I mean, I'll, I'll make no mistake about it. He looked great last Thursday, but I he's going to be somebody that's going to have to be brought along. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, if, if there's a place that he might contend, he might contend for the, you know, in this 4-2-3-1 setup that Pioli yeah. is going to, you're probably looking at the left side and the right side. I mean, with the way Chalhanolo is playing, really, really hard to take him off the pitch right now. So we'll see. Yeah. And Rebic has a good a good uh, relationship with Teo right now on the left. So you think the right side, which is the weak side at the moment, would be the ideal fit. But this guy can obviously, six, he's very good. He had like 23 goals off the left-hand side. So Agreed. let's see. Um, and then uh, on the way out from Milan Paqueta, it uh, it just didn't work, and he's off to Lyon. Yep. Best of luck to him. Uh, hopefully, he can flourish under was it Rudy Garcia over there. So, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be. Uh, you know, I'm, I'll still be watching him to see what he can do. Hopefully, he can get to the potential that many people thought he would. But yeah, he just didn't work out for Milan. And um, you know, I had all the best intentions for him. I you know I did like him while I was here, but. He didn't live up to what you know the hype was, and uh, unfortunately, that'll get you every time. Oh. Serie A sit down is going up against the U.S. presidential debate. Thank God for Serie A sit down. Amen. <laughs> That's right. We went hands down on that one. So, um, it's you know, Caledi's in the house. We got George here. They got they made some moves this uh, this this last couple of days here. Only I have earpieces. <laughs> and I have voices telling me what the answers are to the questions. So <laughs> you're telling me the answers too, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, you know, I, 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 you know, they're 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 hiring teams to make sure that they're not getting earpieces, somebody talking in their ear, etc. It's just oh wow. Um, uh, let me know when it's November fourth. Let me know so, when it's 2021. <laughs> yeah, let me know when it's 2021. Yeah. So I agreed. Um, Andreas Pereira. Having uh, Frank, you have to change the Ebert. I know I got to update, I got to get on top of things, you know. But you know, Stevie, white duct tape, yeah, Stevie. Um, I wore 21 when I played, so that's why this jersey is special to me. So, um, and when Ibrahimovic chose the number 21, I said, I'm just I don't care what it costs, I'm getting one of those. So, (laughs) no, just kidding. (laughs) What's that? I'm like, cheap. (laughs) I'll update, I'll update what I got here. I got the retro, I got. I got the retro uh, 2000 Italy jersey, though. Uh, 2000 and 2000, when they reached the uh, Euro final. And then in 2002, when they unfairly got eliminated from the World Cup. And they had, I think, over three games, they had like five goals called back. I might have to get a Caputo so, jersey for the Azzurri. That might be something. I need to get a Caputo jersey. I still got to find out if I'm related to him. So it's, not out, of the, you are. it's not out of the question. <laughs> uh, according to Not out of the question according to my godmother. So... Um, because and if and if anyone knows she would she is like a, she she's into our family history like that so Andreas Pereira de Lazio I this is a good get yeah yeah good by them it's funny because I, I was giving Jerry Mancini uh, a ribbing because he kept saying oh Latito's gonna make all these moves in this last week and I was like yeah yeah and then like, as soon as I said that Pereira to Lazio I'm like okay all right maybe yep. I should calm down <laughs> maybe he's right <laughs> we'll see added yeah, added. 
added midfield depth, probably needed added midfield depth. We, you know, you, you were getting to a point when the restart happened, you were running Marco Parolo into the ground. Yeah. You now got Lucas back. You've got Milinkovic Savic and you got Luis Alberto in there. I mean, having someone like Pereira now gives you a little bit more depth, especially with all of the competitions that Lazio are going to be in now and with the champions league, uh, as part of their agenda. Yeah. Um, you know, and a guy that was surplus to requirements at Manchester United. I mean, we've seen this before where players are surplus at other clubs and they come to Lazio, uh, you know, and they turn it up. I mean, you only need to look at Luis Alberto. You only need to look at Lucas Leva. Uh, you only need to look at Joaquin Correa, um, you know, to see the answers to those questions. So it yeah. uh, it's definitely an environment that'll work for him. Um, you know, it's how he fits. You know, like I said, I think he's in that midfield three and that three five two setup that Inzaghi likes to run. Um, you know, and I think that he brings some, he brings some technique Is he, you know, as dynamic as SMS. No, uh, is he as creative as Luis Alberto? No, but he is a nice, he's a nice filler, um, you know, for, for games here and there. And I think it's a wise, uh, purchase by Lotito. I don't think anyone's going to doubt, uh, how good Lazio's, uh, starting 11 are. It's the question we all, the answer we all knew is that their depth, they had no depth and they need to get some depth players. And so now having Pereira, you know, Marosic is back now. Uh, Adam's giving some depth there. Um, just pick up some more pieces. If, you know, Lotito can pick up some more, you know, more depth uh, this next week. Maybe, maybe Lazio will be, you know, jump right back into this mix of not only, you know, the Champions League, but also in the Scudetto hunt. Because last, last year, they're obviously good. But with all the games and the, and the congested fixtures, they're going to need that depth. And every team's going to need that depth. So, uh, this is a this is an excellent pickup by by Lotito. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and and George is here for the uh, calorie takes as uh, Rajan Angolan and Diego Godin are headed uh, to Sardinia. Um, so uh, Nangolan was there last year. Now he goes back, and it's a reunion with uh, Eusebio Di Francesco. Where you know when they were together at Roma, I thought Nangolan was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and uh, now you get Diego Godin, who is a very talented defender. And if this Cagliari team ever needed a position addressed it was the center of their defense uh so now you got a guy with the leadership of a Diego Godin it just did not work out in the three-man defense at Inter under Antonio Conte he goes into a system under Di Francesco uh where he's going to be familiar being part of a center back pairing playing in a back four um I think that uh these are solid gets you know and I don't think you know, and we'll talk about Lazio here in a little bit, or I mean, at Lazio Cagliari. Uh, we'll talk about them in a little bit here because it's a relatively slow start to the season for them. But I don't think we've got the entire story of what they can be yet uh, under Eusebio Di Francesco. But Godin, Dangolan, talk about them. Yeah, uh, well, Godin, like you said, you know, he was he, uh, over at Inter, he was put in a system that he's not familiar with. Uh, being in a back three, he's never played in a back three in his entire career. Uh, and trying to force someone to play in a position they're not familiar with, especially as someone who was a standout. You know, many thought that he should be able to uh, adjust easily, but he obviously did not. Uh, and maybe in his second season, he would have. Who knows? But uh, he's going now back to his system, a four-man system that he's more comfortable with. He can marshal that defense. And I think we'll see a uh, a comeback year for Godin compared to last. And then uh, obviously having Nayan Golan there on a permanent deal is going to be huge for Cagliari. Uh, he's obviously uh, the rock in the middle that they need. And hopefully, you know, under EDF, he can uh, maybe have a resurgence of his career as well. Uh, back to the days when he was at Roma. So uh, let's it, it, two solid moves for Cagliari. I think they needed that, especially the defense, like you mentioned. That's a, that's definitely a position they certainly needed help with. Uh, they've had many troubled troubled years with with the center backs. Uh, 
So having someone like Godin's quality back there, uh, having the uh, intelligence and mentality there and, and the leadership that they need, I think it's going to go a long way for Kaladi, and um, hopefully they'll have a more stable year this year as opposed to last year. Sure. I mean, and when you take a look at it, I mean, I think that um, Godin is an upgrade over Ragnar Klavan. Um, and if DiFrancesco is smart, his center back pairing should be Volukovic and Godin. Yeah. Um, like, and, like and, and, and you have that you know, very similar to what you have at Milan with Chiar and Romagnoli, where Chiar is the veteran that can mentor Romagnoli, can mentor Gabia. You know, Volukovic is a young, promising defender. Um, And, you know, now you've got Godin, you know, providing mentorship to him. Klavan stinks. Um, He's been been terrible for a long, long time. There's a reason why Klopp didn't want him um, and didn't rate him after a while. And, you know, he had a relatively solid game against, Lazio on Saturday, but if there's a guy you're replacing in that back four to put Godin in there, uh, for me, it's Klavan. Now, the midfield, it gets interesting because you have a lot of interchangeable parts over there at Cagliari. You you know, he started with Nandez, Martin, and Rog. Um, Rog always felt like a winger to me. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But he's he 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 had a front three of Joao, and we'll talk about this. You know, Simeone obviously up front, and then he's flanked by Joao Pedro and Ricardo Sotil. Um, for me, you know, I think you get Rog back into a wide area and you allow Nainggolan to play in part of a mid, in, you know, in a midfield three where he's allowed to go forward and play behind the front three. I think that those would be, you know, some of the tactics that you're going to see Di Francesco do. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I think that's probably the way I hope that they go with, uh, cause I think, you know, if, if you can get some uh, stability there, especially early on with the, with the players that you mentioned, um, that'll go a long way if they're gonna if they spend you know the first month or two trying to figure out the right pieces it'll be a long slow start for them so i think the sooner that they can get chemistry together uh the better it is for quality and, and and in the long run especially so let's see uh you know hopefully the next game we get to see godin get a start as opposed to this last game but uh yeah it's uh i think things aren't up for quality and uh hopefully for edf's sake uh they are because uh he needs a he needs a bounce back after uh the last couple couple of trips he's had Godin is on a rapid decline, but agree on upgrade on the Copite. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, we people were probably saying that Kiar was a player that was on a decline, yep. you know, before he headed to Milan. And, you know, Glick was on a decline before heading to Benevento. So we'll see. I mean, it pays to have, you know, he might not be that might not be able to keep up with some of the pacier guys, but guys with experience that can position themselves well, do things early. And um, Godin was on a decline because of crap inter. Absolutely. It was a square peg in a round hole. Yeah. He's a great center back in a two-man center back system in a four-man defense. He's not a third uh, center back in a three-man no. defense. It doesn't work. No. So, um, you know, so that's you know that's how those those work out. So those were some of the key moves that has happened here in the last handful of days. Any other any other transfers that we're missing? Vidal Vidal to enter. It did finally uh, happen. Yep. I believe so. Yeah. And then uh, there's another one, but it's escaping me at the moment. Oh, Morata to Juventus. Yep. Yep. Oh. Rocco Fasano, Zio, Serie sit down or hashtag debates 2020. Choice, choice is clear. You're here, buddy. Right. It's Rocco that's the voice in your ear, right? That's right. Is that's it? right. <laughs> Conte only has a plan A, no plan B. That's true. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Fair. So, 
So that's what's going on with the transfers. Um, you know, we talked about, and then George, I'll be happy with a top eight finish this season. That's, eh, I don't know. Be tough. You, I, I still don't know if you get there. Um, if they do, that's a, that's a nomination for manager of the year for EDF. Yeah, but you should happen. be, you should be happy if they, if they do accomplish that, but I, I don't, yeah. I don't know if that happens. I, top half is very viable for Calgary. Um, you know, yeah. top eight might be difficult, a little, a little bit out of reach. So, Onto the games. Onto the games. Onto the games. And we opened with Saturday. We got to see our we got our first look at Atalanta taking on Torino. And Atalanta decided to play Papu Gomez behind Luis Muriel and Duvan Zapata. Give the people what they want right off the bat. I like that. I like that. Yeah. But it wasn't all uh it wasn't all roses for them right off the bat. First eleven you know, in the eleventh minute, Andrea Bellotti uh putting Torino ahead uh, on an assist from Thomas Rincon. And and that only made Atalanta angry, as you would imagine. Yeah, because <laughs> um, it only took it only took two minutes after that for the goal of the week to happen. Uh, at least in my opinion, uh, Duvan Zapata, awesome with the hold up play, uh, beautiful layoff, and 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 uh, Papu Gomez with the equivalent of just a boxer punching another boxer in the mouth, uh, and taking away a few teeth in the process. Uh, yeah. powerful finish from distance. Uh, you, once that ball was laid off, the second it left Zapata's foot, I said goal. There's, no, only, yeah, there's only one place that's going. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that was goal of the week for me. And then the the second goal for Atalanta was the is this is second place for goal of the week. So right off the bat on the first game, I already had my mind made up that this is first and second for me this week. I don't care what goes on in the rest of the games, and there's some pretty damn good goals. There's 43 goals to go through here. But Luis Muriel gets fed on uh, uh, from Ale, uh, from Papu Gomez and volleys that one home. Uh, well taken, puts uh, Atalanta ahead 2-1. You could also put, you could possibly put Hans Hattabor in this conversation for goal of the week, for a goal of the week candidate on his goal because that was well taken too, 42nd minute. Um, 3-1 Atalanta. So first game in for Atalanta, Papu Gomez, one goal, two assists in 42 minutes. Not bad, not bad. Uh, he's going to have himself a decent season, I think, like last year. Uh, he had an MVP-type year last year, and uh, he's off to a freaking hot start already. Wow. Uh, game is in cruise control until um, uh, to- Toloi switches off. Bellotti cuts in front of him, heads home, uh, makes it 3-2 just before halftime. Um, and then uh, second half, uh, it would be – and it was kind of interesting. Um, I've got – if Alexander Tool ever jumps in the chat, he can testify to this because he and I were texting back and forth. He's my uh, – he he has adopted Atalanta as his team okay. following Serie A. You know, and as we were talking, as the game was going on, you saw Atalanta was moving things around. What was interesting to me is you saw two defenders around Zapata all the time, and you saw oftentimes when he didn't have the ball, two defenders around Papu. And at that point in the first half, I texted him. I said, this game is screaming for a goal from either Darun or Freuler. One of them are going to come forward. And 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 sure enough, it's Darun yep. um, played in by Muriel, making it 4-2. That would seal the game off. Um, Syria is back to do is still doing five substitutes, which is annoying, um, but understandable. Uh, but um, uh, Atalanta four at Torino two. Um, I mean, I see that you guys are all going off on Gianpaolo saying he's lost his. T- it's Ata- Atalanta are going to do this to everybody. I mean, I don't, I don't sure. know. I don't know if after two games and maybe, and I know it's because we've got a Milan contingent that want 
Giampaolo to burn in hell. But <laughs> we we so you, are not ready to conclude that he sucks at Torino yet. I mean, Atalanta are going to do this to just about everybody. I'm happy to see Belotti get two goals in a game. Yeah. I guess the team like Atalanta. Um, it's big for him because this is the year of the Euros, so we need him. The Azzurri need him to uh, be on top of his game. And that's a great way to start. You know, last year we started seeing glimpses at the end of the season. So a uh, great start for him, and I'm happy. And, and maybe this is, you know, Zaza was lively as well, had a, uh, a rocket of a shot hit off the crossbar that missed. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, it, it is Atalanta, but uh, let's see how they do against some of the other opponents. But uh, early signs for Elise Pelotti and Zaza that they're liking the system and they're going to get their opportunities, it seems. Okay. Yeah. No. No, Mr. Bob. Uh, UEFA is not doing the five sub thing. They're doing the three sub thing. I uh, I know this because I had a vested interest in the uh, Champions League qualifiers today. Made a little money thanks to some Dinamo Kiev players. So. Oh, okay. Um. But um. Uh. Uh. uh Rodriguez in particular, and the goalkeeper, uh, Bushchan. He had 13 saves today. <laughs> so. But anyway. Um. So it's uh. You know, it's it's uh for, so for me, I'm not ready to just after these first two games pass judgment on Giampaolo at Torino yet. I need I need a bigger sample size now. If he goes off and loses six or seven straight, then yeah, we got a problem here. I mean, he's going to get to play. Hopefully, going to get a chance to play Genoa this week. That'll be a true um, test there for him. I mean, if the, if the game happens, if he sucks against Genoa, well, well, there we go. If they go yeah. and score six like uh, this past weekend, you know, then who knows. As a daily fantasy soccer player, Steve, five subs drives me nuts. It piss it actually pisses me off because because your players come off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and especially whenever I have Manchester, whenever Manchester City is on the slate and they play Manchester City, for some reason Pep must know who I play because he takes them off. Yeah. <laughs> but the earpiece anyway, again. <laughs> what's that? The earpiece again. <laughs> yeah, so it's what it is. Um. Uh. Belotti is Immobile's backup in the Nazionale, but I prefer Caputo to the Trino striker. I, I prefer Caputo in the national team as the starting striker in that four-three-three, and I know that that is, um, that is egregious to say, or it might be on the surface egregious, but he he plays in a four-three-three system and can naturally adapt. I mean, Immobile is getting better, but you know, we'll see. I. That's another conversation. Um, Atalanta, uh, business as usual. They show up. They score four. Yep. Three in the first half. Uh, it's to be expected. It's glad, I'm glad to see they haven't tailed off. You know, they had a, obviously a, a fantastic year last year and uh, nearly made it, you know, they got really far in the Champions League. And so many wonder would they have a, uh, a drop-off after all that. And they haven't done it yet. Let's see. Uh, I'm curious when the, uh, some of the bigger games come, come calling how they do. But, Man, that's a great way to start. Uh, I fully expected them. I honestly didn't think they were going to get this hot off to the start. I thought they were going to maybe have a, a difficult time in their first game. And nope, business as usual. Atalanta doing Atalanta things. That's right. That's so, right. So they're off and running 4-2. I picked them to finish second in Serie A this year, and uh, they're they're looking good to start. Lazio traveled to Sardinia, their first game of the season, to take on Cagliari. Cagliari coming off that 1-1 draw against Sassuolo. It would be a 2-0 win for Lazio. Relatively comfortable, all things considered, when you take a look at this game statistically. Manuel Itzari, um, and, and this is why I don't like Marco Rogan, a three-man midfield. Um, 
because yeah. he, he doesn't get, when he gets in the box he defensively he doesn't know where he is and he's one of the guys that was responsible but anyway uh Lazzari puts them up by a goal to nil uh Simeone had a great chance to level things after a uh, distant a chance from distance by Joao Pedro he had the follow through and he had the goal at his mercy and put it over the top that's a, a chance there that probably could have put um this game uh you made this game a lot more interesting but yeah. if you don't take care of that chance there's a a certain number 17 that punishes you on the other end and that's exactly what happened Jeremy Mobley on an assist from Adam Marusic um Marusic getting some run on the left hand side here for Lazio and he looked really good he did he did uh it looks like uh he could be the uh, another piece that makes Lazio even more dangerous on the attack, and defensively, uh, he's much more capable than you know his predecessor. So, yeah, uh, great to have him back. I know for Lazio fans are happy. I, I saw you know Lazio Twitter uh, a buzz you know with with Marosic being back and playing very well uh, in this game in particular. So yeah, uh, I wasn't I wasn't too big of a fan of their bright green jerseys, but I thought their play on the pitch was uh pretty good. Yeah, those are disgusting, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i mean because this this left wing back has been a problem for lazio for yeah. quite some time now they've been trying yeah. to figure it out in a number of different ways and you know senate lulich just can't run anymore so it's not him anymore and yeah. and it's you know jordan lukaku i had a high, high hopes for him and it just never panned out just too rough around the edges uh yeah. really as a player johnny it just doesn't work it, it didn't the defensive part of it didn't work yep um, you know, so they have thrown all of these options here on the left-hand side. And I think with Marusic, they might be onto something and, and it might not be totally natural for Marusic, but he's better than all of the other options that they've tried here, it seems, in the last several months. Now, it's one game, um, but it's against a pretty solid opponent, you know, and – you know, in in situations when you're dealing with a guy like Nandez, who's a high work rate guy through the midfield for for Cagliari, um, you know, among other players, it's it's okay. I mean, I think you know this might be the way that Lazio have to go, you know, in terms of fielding their best lineup. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. Um, and so, yeah, let's uh, you know, good start for for Lazio at least, and uh, uh, having Matosic there is is going to be, uh, I think, uh, definitely a bonus this year for them, and one less worry that they're going to have to uh, think about during the game, and uh, can focus on other things of the game, and, and including that midfield, and just working their magic and getting the ball to uh, Immobile and and the guys up there. So, good start for Lazio, uh, Cagliari. You know, not not a disappointing loss. I mean, they were never favorites in this match to begin with, but uh, right. They kept it close for the most part and, you know, just got to pick up, pick up where they left, you know, from this game and go and try to be more positive in the next game. Yeah. I mean, Rog's not a midfielder. He's a winger. No. Um, so he needs to be playing wide. Uh, you know, Martin through the middle of the pitch was interesting to me. Um, you know, you know, we had Francesco on a little while ago and he said that Martin is considered to be more of a playmaking type of guy. Uh, so, you know, the arrival of a nine goal on coming in here to maybe help shore things up. Do you think that Cagliari might have – I mean, Chigarini is gone. Uh, Yonita is gone. Those are guys that were midfield engine guys. Um, could this be an issue to not have enough of them now after getting rid of those two? I mean, from the onset, you would think so, yeah. But, you know, they're going with a different script that they do with last year, and last year obviously didn't work. And so maybe they're thinking, you know, if you go with some younger players – uh, try to develop them that way. Maybe it'll have a better, better payoff, but longer lasting payoff. And 
like I said, my initial reaction is saying, yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's a two big losses there, but uh, I think EDF uh, got to give him uh, benefit of the doubt that he knows what he's doing, and uh, you know, let's give it a few games to see how it really works in that midfield there. But um, you know, for me, at least those are two skill guys, two depth guys that you're gonna be missing, and. We'll see if there's some guys can step up and, and fill fill those shoes. It's going to be a wait and see with those two guys because or for anybody who who's going to try to you know take that role. Um, but I, I I if I were a Cali fan right now, if I were George, uh, I would I put faith in uh, EDF that he he knows what he's doing and uh, things will uh, end up right over there in the midfield at least. Yep, yep. So we'll see. It's uh, you know again, I think another another. Um, <laughs> Ninja gonna raise the alcohol levels at Calgary. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and the cigarette levels. And the cigarette levels. And the club yeah. music. Yep. Yep. Not. Yeah. Just don't. Don't do that. <laughs> well, you're not middle aged like me, so you still you I have. I feel a, like it though. I feel like it. <laughs> it's what happens when you have a little kid running around. Uh, that's true. So. Um, Sampdoria and Benevento uh, Sampdoria last seen getting pasted by Juve 3-0 on match day one Benevento's first game um, people in Zaghi back in our lives as a Serie A manager it hasn't been terribly successful for him at previous places Milan and Bologna uh, but let's see what he does here and right off the bat it wasn't pretty for him either uh, Fabio Quagliarella uh, getting on the score sheet first a simple tap in goal after some nice pressure Benevento trying to play out of the back getting caught um and uh Bonazzoli on the ball, uh getting the ball across to Quagliarella, making it a goal to nil. They double their lead after 18 minutes. Uh welcome Antonio Candreva um and uh providing service to Omar Colley. Yeah. Uh and uh and making it two goals to nil. So right off the bat, Candreva's uh effect on the Sampdoria team is felt. Uh in the 33rd minute, um uh, a, a second ball falling to Luca Calderola. Uh, for Benevento to make it 2-1. Uh, so uh, a lifeline there for Benevento, although it had to be said that Benevento, uh, I mean, they were st statistically superior across the board in this first half, 62% possession, three shots on target, finally getting one to, to go in, uh, the goal from Caldirola. Um, and, uh, you know, heading into halftime, game on uh, with the momentum. Um but it wouldn't be until the second 72nd minute where that man again, center back, mind you, Luca yeah. Caldirola with a brace in his first game. He's on pace for 76 goals, Richard. Wow. Do Maybe, we get on the uh, Luca Caldirola bandwagon? Yeah, let's get the uh, abacus out here. Uh, let's see what happens here, huh? Benevento, goal scoring machine. Gonna go out on a limb and say he doesn't score next week or ever again. No. <laughs> yeah. so played in by uh, Gianluca Caprari on that one, and then they complete the turnaround. Gaetano Letizia uh, in the 88th minute uh, from Marco Sal. Marco Sal's back in our lives. Look at that. Yes, yes. Um, a uh, 88th minute winner. Uh, Benevento go on and win the match three two. Um, Candreva or no Candreva? Sampdoria. Uh oh. <laughs> you know, I think. Uh, which, like, wait, 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 wait! I'm sorry. Which side of the bet are you on with Jerry? Do you have Sampdoria finishing worse, or do you have Genoa finishing worse? I have Genoa. I have Genoa finishing higher. You have Genoa finishing higher. I have Genoa finishing higher. Oh, it's not looking good for me right now, but the season is long. Uh, but yeah, if you, know, if you compare the games that both these play, two teams played, uh, Sampdoria looks like the better of the two teams. 
at the moment, which I'm losing, which is fine because I wouldn't mind getting a Sampdoria jersey. But and that's beside the point. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, Kandreva, I think, is going to be a, a um, going to be a good pickup for for uh, Sampdoria, not just in the commercial aspect, as we saw, we'll, we'll get to a little bit later, but also in the service and in, in servicing in the games with the assist, a uh, nice pass to Coley, uh for the goal there. So, yeah, it's an interesting pickup for me. Um, they needed a rebound game after that Juventus uh, debacle. Um, they did well. They started out well, I should say, but uh, yeah, they uh, they they left a lot on the table after those two goals. It's like they stopped playing. It's like, oh, we got the game yeah. going. And Benevento said, nope, we're 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 for, we're for real. And uh, Brian Dabo, I thought I thought he played very well in that game. I actually thought he had I that like first Dabo. goal. Yeah, I thought he had that first goal, but it was uh, Caldiarola who got the got the toe in just before him. But uh, yeah, uh, the team they they're putting some pieces together there. And uh, Benevento, man, uh, they're going to get a lot of team trouble this year, I think. They're yeah, big. I mean the way they're trying to play, no no question. Um, did we have a Keita Balde sighting? Not in this game. I don't recall. I mean, he may have, but uh, I don't recall. Steve, Steve, help me out, man. Where'd you see him? I'm blind as a bat then if he was out there for a team this weekend and I didn't know. Um, is yeah. the Samp have a problem with COVID as well because they share the same stadium as Genoa? Um, it, Probably not. But No stories about that yet, but not out of the question. Um, yeah. I guess is the best way to answer that. So, um, but Benevento, I mean, they're going to play a style that's going to aggravate some people. They've got plenty of experience. The thing that worries me about them is the manager. I mean, he's it, people in Zaghi has done this before where he takes a team in City B, has them playing really well. He gets an opportunity to take a City A job and then can't get it done. This is a different scenario where he's actually coming up with a team. Yeah, staying with them, right? So, but when we get into the middle of the season and players are getting stretched and that sort of thing, does he has he learned from his mistakes? Um, you know, and and can he? I mean, we talk about Di Francesco and Giampaolo in possible revival situations. This is a revival situation as well, you know, for people in Zaghi. Um, but um, it's it's strange uh, for me. It's it's. To be honest, it's it's uh, it's one of those that I I want to say that Benevento is going to be this very good team that's going to you know possibly you know you know be of a you know Hellas Verona that finishes higher up you know top part of the bottom half kind of thing. But I, as much as I revere people in Zaghi as a player and what he did for my favorite team, I just I don't have a lot of trust in him as a manager that something like what happened to you know over the weekend against Sampdoria is sustainable. Yeah, and I th I think the the big difference between Hellas from last year and uh Benevento this year is Hellas had a defense. I think if you have a defense, uh it'll go a long way. Obviously you need goals in this league, but they had timely goals, obviously some emerging emerging players in their team, but their defense is what really carried them most of the season. Uh we haven't seen that yet with Benevento. Obviously with two goals against Sampdoria, it's not a great start. Uh but you know, maybe they can make some adjustments. They obviously did it in the game. Um, and, uh, maybe, you know, that'll be the true telling sign, whether they can figure it out defensively. There's no doubt that they have the, the offensive talent to get some goals in here and there. Uh, but can they stop teams is the big, the big question mark. And we knew that Hellas could, or we didn't know that, but as the season went on last year, we knew that Hellas could play defense. They're one of the best defenses in the league for long part, yeah. long stretches of the season. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, we'll see is right. Uh, all right. Well, right this way for Pazza Inter. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> we always love hot to enter. It's of always course. great. It's of always, course. always a great thing. And uh, yeah. right off the bat, uh, Alexander Kolarov's presence is felt back there. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was, but it ended up uh, on Giacomo Bonaventura's feet. And he puts the ball across for Christian Kwame to put Fiorentina ahead by a goal to nil. Um, and uh, there would be a penalty. This was a this was a dive when it happened, uh, and the referee was just a sucker for it. And they went to the VAR. The Lataro Martinez incident is what I'm referring to, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. with Casares. Um, and uh, they canceled that penalty. They got it right. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, good taste prevailed there. I'm just surprised uh, Martinez didn't. Martinez didn't come out of that with a booking because that was a dive. Yeah. I mean, you, normally in those situations, the person does get a yellow card. I mean, I, I thought it was a dive as well. Um, he kicked Casadas in the back on the ankle. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad they didn't give the penalty ultimately because I thought that would have been a really cheap way to get to get a goal for, for Inter. Uh, but uh, they made the right call. And so VAR, again, on top of things, uh, at least on the peninsula, they've, they've been better than most places uh, in Europe. In terms of VAR, certainly in, in the United States. So, uh, yeah, they got one right. So, I can't complain there for me. Yep, for sure. Um, they would uh, level the scoring it just before halftime. Lotaro Martinez from Nic- Nicola Bernal is going to have a great, great season. He is, he's another one. We talked about Locatelli um, uh, potentially being a beast this season. Uh, but but is another one that's in that category. I mean, yeah. I think he ended the restart in really good form, and he's starting off really well too. No, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading the comments about uh, uh, Pazza Inter there by Mister Bob. It says Serie A is insane without uh, Pazza Inter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so, so repeat your repeat your point again. <laughs> Bar- Barella. Uh, oh yeah, another another beast in the making this year, in my opinion. I think so. I think it's going to be a, a strong season for him. And again, much to the point of Balotti earlier, we need we need Barella to have a strong season going into Euros. Um, and you know, he was on the ball, you know, making all these runs during the game. I thought he looked very lively on both ends of the pitch, and uh, it's certainly um, it's it's a great thing for Inter uh, to have their midfield one of their midfield players uh, really step up. And I think he'll have uh, a, a dominant role in the midfield. I think this year for Inter, uh, sure. more more frequent starts as opposed to last year. Sure. Um, 52nd minute, uh, Federico Ceccarini with a great uh, lunge at a ball to put the ball in the back of the net. Small problem. Uh, Federico Ceccarini plays for Fiorentina, and he's he put the ball in his own net. Uh, yeah. Putting Inter ahead by two goals to one, but just five minutes later, Frank Ribery playing in Gaetano Castrovilli. Castrovilli with his second goal of the season, making it 2-2, but it's the second assist of Frank Ribery's that everybody's buzzing about. That was just an inch-perfect pass diagonally that split, I think, at least four Inter players. Chiesa running onto it, chipping it past Andanovic, making it three goals to two. So you're winning 3-2. You're getting some momentum. You're killing Inter on the counter with players like Ribery and uh, uh, Chiesa. But, of course, this is Beppe Iacchini managing the team, and what does he do? He subs them out. Of course. Um, because he's Beppe Iacchini, and he has been at like 30 different places in 12 <laughs> years. Um, so 87th minute, a well-worked team goal here for Inter. My Capocan yet he picked Romelu Lukaku on the end of it. I like that he's starting slow and no one can talk about him. That's, you know, we don't need him to blast out right away and score a hat trick to, to, to win this thing. Oh, so, back full of toffee thinks he'll get one next week, though. <laughs> he thinks he gets a hatty next week. That's fine. He'll, you know, that's fine. It'll come soon. 
Um, Castrovilli will be the breakout player of the year. Yeah, no, no question about it. He's among them. Castrovilli, Barella, Locatelli. These guys are all midfield players. They're all beasts. Yeah. Um, in the making this season, I think they're all going to have fine seasons. So, um, but a nice little work team goal. Uh, Lukaku lays it off. It goes across the new new signing Ashraf Hakimi, who uh, plays it across, and Lukaku is back. Yeah. And and what I don't understand is why Fiorentina players don't track Lukaku after he laid the ball off because there's only one place he's trying to find a run in the box. And to be that wide open was just criminal, but that's that. And then two minutes later, D'Ambrosio finishes Fiorentina off, rescues the three points for Inter in full. Um, how long can Fiorentina – first of all, before we'll get into Inter. How long can Fiorentina, with the talent that they have and the promise that they have, how long can they carry on with Iacchini as their coach? As long as Frank Ribery stays healthy. Uh, if he's healthy, they have a chance. Uh, we saw when he, when he's, you know, we saw what he did to Inter. I'm just dazzling, making dazzling passes here and there. And that's obviously the one that split like, you know, four players, like you mentioned, to Chiesa. Uh, when he's, when he's on the pitch and doing what he can, what he's capable of, they have a fighting chance. But, you know, yeah. we saw last year when he was out, the whole team pretty much just capitulated. Uh, and so I think as long as Ribery stays, you know, healthy, Iakini's going to have, have a job at least longer than, than most, than a couple uh, managers in the league. But, um, I agree with you. And as soon as he got signed, it just didn't seem like a right fit for Fiorentina with him. But uh, let him let him prove us right, I guess. Right. Yep. Uh, but Ribery is going to be the key, I think, for for his job safety. I think. Sure. And my batch finishes off with the uh, first game from Sunday morning. Spezia, welcome to Serie A. You get to play sus free scoring and free shooting. Sus <laughs> shoot every shoot everything in sight. Sassuolo. Um and. Uh, it opened up with a goal of the week candidate, Philip Juricic. Uh, I can't remember who he nutmegged, but it was on the way to a, a, a nice little tidy finish, um, scoring in the 12th minute to put Sassuolo up 12, 12, uh, 12th minute to <laughs> put him up 1 0. There's going to be a Sassuolo game. Right it was, it was like Salah. Jacopo Salah, he's the one he nutmegged. Is that, is that who it was, yeah. Jacopo Salah? Yeah. That it's a, well, that's that might be Spezia's best defender, too. That's the sad part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, but uh, that puts him up a goal to nil. Oh, by the way, at the time that we, during the time that we recorded this, uh, VAR re- reviewed another Francesco Caputo goal that got <laughs> called back. My goodness, man! So because one got called back in the twenty-third minute, Francesco Caputo should have had four goals in this game. Three of them got called back, rightfully so. But yeah, but still, that just hard luck. And I think wasn't there a game last season where Sassuolo had like three or four goals called back by yeah. a VAR review? I think it was against Inter. Uh, you know, right, during, yeah, the, re- during the restart. Taken back, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this time it was one player. <laughs> Man. Crazy. Um, 30th minute, though, it equalized uh, Andre Galabinov uh, from Matteo Ricci. Uh, so Spezia feeling good about themselves going into halftime uh, with, you know, at 1-1, despite the fact that Sassuolo had 67% possession, nine shots, um, you know, and really had a – uh, foothold on the game, but it was the second half where Sassuolo would finally pull away a penalty in the 64th minute uh, where Domenico Berardi would step up and finish that. Uh, that put Sassuolo ahead by two goals to one. Uh, two minutes later, Gregoire Defrel from Francesco Caputo after some fine pressing from Sassuolo. Uh, Berardi winning the ball, releasing Caputo, dropping it to Defrel. Uh, 3-1 at that point. Um Gregoire Defrel did so well in the 66 minutes, scoring that goal that three minutes later, Tetserbi took him out. 
uh, for Hamed Jr. Traore, which isn't a bad substitution. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. So, but still. 71st minute, Francesco Caputo gets another goal canceled. <laughs> so, and then uh, in the 76th minute, Caputo finally gets a legit goal uh, played in by uh, Gianmarco Ferrari. Um, and I think he turned and looked at the did he I, he turned and looked at the uh, assistant referee when it happened. Yeah, are you sure? <laughs> Just to make are sure. Are you sure? Are you yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah. So, can I have this one? I finally? would too. Oh so, my gosh. All right. So Sassuolo, uh, they took 33 shots on Cagliari. They were a little nicer to Spezia. They only shot 17 times this time around. But uh, I mean, this is why we rate them so high. And 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 it might be Spezia and, and they should do that to them. But this team is free-flowing, they're attacking, and they don't care who they play against, they're gonna play their way. And I think players like Chiriches and then Ihan came on and made an appearance. Uh, you know, in the back now to, you know, I mean, like we said at the very beginning of, you know, when we had Francesco on, these aren't guys that our favorite teams want, but they are center backs that will make Sassuolo better defensively than what they had. And then you have all of that. You have all of that in attack going forward. It's, it's fantastic. And no Boga yet. Yeah. It's, this is a dangerous team. It's why I picked them seventh. Um, I think they're a thorn in everybody's side this season. Yeah. Oh, for, no, for sure. And I, I think ultimately it's going to be Khan Ihan and um, Chiriches playing a center back pairing because I'm very high up on, on Khan Ihan for a long time. I've, I've, I've followed him. So um, I think ultimately he'll be a starter there. But yeah, I mean, now they got to, some solid you know, defensive pieces to go with the attacking power that they have. My goodness, they're, they're going to be a really fun and dangerous team this season up ahead. And you know, there's no, no, no doubt, no reason why you, know, you and, and Francesco picked them in the, in the top in the Europa League spots. Uh, because they're that good, and I picked them just outside. But yeah, they're going to be they're going to be a, a good team this year, and sure. um, yeah, they're fun to watch. They're no longer fun bad, like we said. They're fun now. Yeah, they are. Uh, Milano Miguel checking in with us. Ciao, buddy. Hey, uh, what's up, man? Loving life right now. Milano unbeaten. So you'll talk about them among the other guys. Uh, uh, Spezia. I mean, and they scored the first goal. There's that, right? That's a positive side right there. But yeah. They were never in this game. I mean, they no. just were never in this game. Sassuolo is too much for them. I think, and I think that's going to be that theme throughout the year this year. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Sassuolo is a different team. Obviously, like Atalanta, they can score a lot of goals. Uh, but I think they need to focus more defensively, be more disciplined, and try not to be as open uh, because teams like Sassuolo or, or other teams that have that, you know, attacking punch will make them, make them, make them hurt. So uh, they need to be a little bit more disciplined, maybe a little bit more behind the ball. Uh, try to you know soak up the pressure and maybe get teams on the counter. I think that would be the way for them if they want to have any kind of success this year. Because if they try to be as open as they were in this game, uh, teams are just going to eat them up all season long. Awesome. Oh, we're not missing much with the presidential debates. My brother just texted me and said that they that both sides are embarrassing right now. Is <laughs> um, is Serie A better off going back to eighteen teams in the league? Um. For the sake of the quality of the league, yes, but yeah. they're never they're never going to do it. Yeah, um, I don't know if I want them to do it. Yeah, because I feel like every year there's there's a couple teams that probably could stay up. I mean, two teams always certainly should go down, but uh, yeah. you know, it's yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's 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 a difficult you know decision to make. Um, like you said, for quality wise, for sure, for sure, mm-hmm. it'd be better. But I don't know. I, I'm one of those guys that say you know keep the twenty teams in there, but. I don't know. 
More goals at least, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a positive. So All right, let's let's get on to my batch of the games here. Uh it started off a little slow for my batch here. It's uh Hellas hosting Udinese. Um, I, you know, there's a couple people who watched the game. Uh, I wasn't one of them, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, this is a, this is an interesting game. We knew it was going to be a defensive game all along. Uh, both teams uh, uh, hard pressed to get goals. Uh, we did finally get a goal in the 57th minute. It was screaming for a goal all game long. We finally got one in the 57th minute. A uh, nice little uh, uh, curler from up close uh, for from Favili. Uh, one nothing. That would be all the goals in the game. Um, it, much of what we expected, Frank. We didn't think it was going to be a barn burn by any stretch in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, both teams kind of gave us what we thought there was going to happen. And uh, Hellas had always had to been the, the favorites in this game, even slightly. Uh, we thought they were probably going to win, huh? I, I don't think that Hellas, you know, I'm revisiting the notion of Hellas Verona, and I don't think they're going to drop to the degree that we might have. Yeah, assumed, I, I, agree. I agree. You know, and I don't, and, and not because they got a, a 3-0 4 if it went over Roma. But I mean, I think when you look at the makeup of this team, it fits what it still fits what Yurich wants to do. It doesn't have some of the um you know mark you know quote unquote marquee names at least by their standards that played last season. But I I love the combination of Faraone and DiMarco as their wingbacks. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're I think they're both very promising players. You know, Favili has a landing spot where he's going to get a lot better service now uh, and I think can be quite useful. De Carmine, unfortunately, got hurt in this game. He's got guys like Zikani and Antonin Barak, who we had um, rated when he was at, when he was at Udinese. Um, had, a, had a very uh, you know good game here. Uh, I just want to go through Barak's stats here. Uh Two shots on target, one shot blocked. He had four, you know, four chances created too, uh, which is a valuable thing. Yeah, uh, a little late on the tackle, committed some fouls, um, you know, but uh, he's he's a useful piece, and I think that uh, you know he could. I mean, it, he he could be an adequate replacement for a Piscina who's no longer with them. Um, so it's I think that the, you know. The names aren't the same, but I think that this Hellas Verona could be pretty stable this year. Looking at them right right after these first two games. To be fair, we didn't have uh, those names weren't there also at the beginning of the season last year, and they kind of yeah. emerged as the season went on. So maybe we're gonna have the same situation here. Yurich maybe knows how to push the right buttons for these guys and get them to play to that next level, uh, so that they are you know uh, very competitive, very difficult to play against. And like you said, there's they still have some of those defensive pieces there, and just whatever guys that step up this year. Uh, maybe they just emerge as the new the new stars for the team this year, and obviously you still have Faraoni and, and DiMarco, like you said. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's maybe they're not as bad off as we initially thought, and uh, good start for them. Um, decent performance against Roma last week, and then obviously this week uh, getting the win. Uh, three points, three points. So they yeah. found a way to win. And they got Tamezi over there in the midfield too, who came over from Atalanta. And I don't know if that was yeah. a loan or if that was a permanent. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. He's a he's an engine room guy. Uh, and he can he can run a lot of things down too, and you know plays with a lot of commitment. He he you know it, it showed in his numbers too, and what he did in the game. One I think it was like four interceptions, three one tackle, three tackles, one. So you know gets in there and does some of the dirty work. So it's uh, you know like I said, it's just it's it's as you were with what they do. It's the names are just different. Yep, absolutely. And uh, speaking as a. Uh... New names, uh, Crotone and the new boys in the league would uh, host uh, Milan in this one. And uh, 
Milan looking to have a bounce back game uh, after a difficult game against Bodo Glimt. Uh, many people were on them for you know having such a tough game against uh, the Norwegian uh, superpower, I guess. Uh, but uh, this game, uh, they, they were a little bit more stable, I thought, in this game uh, than against the Bologna. Uh, took them a while to get some scoring started. They finally got a uh, drew a penalty. Uh, this was an interesting call for me, Frank. Uh, a nice over the pass top, uh, over the top pass to uh, Ante Rebic. You watch it in live time. He sticks his arm out, hits him. You know, it goes down. All the players are calling for a handball. Then he gets taken down in the box. Um, initial reaction, and then after you saw VAR, what did you what did you think of those that play? Because for me, when I first saw it, I thought it was at the handball. How they not call it? But how did you feel? Yeah, I think Milan got away with one. Um, did you? Yeah, I think they did. I mean, it probably should have been a handball first uh, on Rebic. Um, this is the incident that led to Kessie's goal, right? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there was a handball first, and they should have been able. They should have checked that. I don't know. Maybe they didn't check that, and just were focusing on the infraction in the penalty area. I'd be lazy if they did that or that's, didn't do that. You know, that's not out of the realm. Though. Not out of the realm. That's a little inconsistent of them, actually, because yeah. you know they 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 have. To be fair, as as much as we can rip on VAR, they have caught those things. So yeah, um, yeah, I I think we got a gift. Milan fans got a gift. Milan and their fans got a gift on that one. Yeah, uh, and I, that was actually my reaction. But you know what? We, we I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, we deserve a gift once in a. I mean, for Christ's sake, <laughs> how many times? Yeah. So yeah, it's no, yeah. So that's it. Uh, yeah. No, no, absolutely. But you know, I was gonna say that um, I too thought that we got a gift. Uh, but the more I watched it, I kept. I finally found. I finally paused it at the right moment, and it looked like possibly hit off his chest. It was very close. I don't know. Yeah. It did, did get away with one, but you know, Frank Cassie steps up. Uh, puts it away as he normally does. He's this cool comic collector on those goals, on those and, plays, and uh, scores a goal. Yeah. One nothing for Milan. Uh, and then the new man, Brahim Diaz. Um, nice play, nice nice passing between, uh, I think it was uh, Calabria and Chalanolu. Uh, yeah. Either way, uh, uh, a, a block shot by Chalanolu ends up finding uh, Brahim is where we're going to call him, I think. Uh, he scores a nice goal. Uh, good for him to get his first goal. 2 nothing for Milan. Uh, after that, it was pretty much a set-up shop, and 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 see out the win uh but it's good to see that the new guy gets a goal for milan uh they're in the 50th minute um first off name are we calling him brahim or are we call him diaz it's uh that's a big big debate now with milan twitter with uh with him what, what are you gonna call him and call him either milan twitter just likes to look for things to argue about love him all dearly but christ um call him whatever you want uh you know call him a stud because that's what he is and and yeah. um but um 10 to one in the gift department with Hubei. Um, okay. Oh yeah. So, well, yeah, yeah, that, that's our one. So Hubei will get 10. That's, I think yeah. that's what he's, that's what he meant. But anyway, did it show right. that the team lacked uh, not having Zlatan for the last couple of games um, that he is our main catalyst up top, at least it seems like the, the team isn't as free flowing uh, as in, isn't as, you know, lethal without him there. I don't think, I mean, games. I mean, Crotone, you could get away with it. I mean, just because I, I think they, I just think they're so bad, yeah. um, you know, and, and they did. Uh, I mean, they weren't they weren't as clean as we'd want them to be, uh, you know, in a game like that. Um, the Bodo Glimp game, I think, exposed Milan a little bit more um, yeah. in terms of when you don't have that reference up front. Um, 
that can help absorb things that can hold play up and can get people involved. And when you don't have that, you know, presence on a consistent basis, your game, it gets a little bit harder to play. Um, And it presents the opposing team to have some freedom, you know, going forward because you don't, they don't, they won't look at who the other striker is and say, yeah, that's a threat Um, that, you know, so that, that maybe give glimpse a little bit of freedom to go ahead and take their chances going forward like they did in that game. Now, um, here, Crotone, you know, who's going to create that threat that, that Glimp did? Um, yeah. They still had know, opportunities, though, I feel like. You know, Milan yeah. were totally, you know, they weren't totally, you know, stout back there. And I thought Crotone still had opportunities here and there. They weren't great chances, sure. but they had opportunities, I thought, more than they yeah. should have. And, and I agree 100% with Steve. Rebich looking at a place up top. He's not a striker. He's a support striker yeah. at best. You know, or somebody that's got to play off to the side of a, of a guy like Ibrahimovic. You know, so, um, you know, Colombo was solid Yeah. on Thursday, but he's not Ibra. You know, no. he's not he's not scaring anybody. No. You'll take risks. You'll take risks against Milan when Colombo is playing as a striker. Yeah. You won't take the same risks when you have Ibra playing that high up and somebody that can get the ball, hold it, but also play people forward and play people in. So that begs the um, question then, because Steve's asking now, do they need more a striker, a center back, or a right wing? And he thinks a center back. Uh, they definitely need a competent, a competent backup striker when Ibra's not able to play. They certainly need a backup for while Romagnoli's out, right? And then right wing has been, been weak. Uh, but maybe they've solved that with with their recent signing there, at least in right right wing. But with with Helga, yeah. yeah. Um, who uh, I I'm 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 with Steve. I want a center, another center back. Um, and the and here are my reasons uh, for Milan. Uh, I think Gabi has actually played well over these first few games. He's gotten better um, each game. I thought. Yeah, he's getting better with he's getting better with every game. Um, Kiara is very experienced, but he's also injury prone. You know, we'll get Romagnoli back. And and Louis, Leo Duarte is not an answer back there. Mateo, Mateo Musacchio is a card waiting to happen. Um, one injury away of a, at a center back of a total disaster. Absolutely. I, I would I would love to see Tomiyasu join Milan. Yeah. Uh, if, if those rumors are true and if that's the negotiations and that's what's going on because – He plays two positions. Yeah, he can play center back and he can play right back. And, you know, we're not perfect at right back. You know, as I said in previous pods, Milan has addressed that with quantity. They haven't really addressed that with quality. They're continuing with Calabria and Conti. They added Kalulu. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and now you bring Tomiyasu into the mix who can who can play as a right back, who can play as a center back. And, you know, he's got a pretty dynamic game to him. I mean, he can defend. He can position himself. You think Gabi is not impressive, Steve? I I'm going to disagree with you. I think he's been solid. Is he going? Is he? I is he going to make young player mistakes? Yes. It just it's going to get exposed more because he's a center back, and he's a young player. Okay. Um, uh, I think that he has been solid. I think that he has been serviceable, and he has not totally screwed things up back there. And I think that that's really what you're looking for with Gabia. You don't need him to be this. I don't need Gabia to be Koulibaly or Van Dyke or Nesta or anybody like that. I need him to be serviceable. I need him to just do his job. I need him to just be solid. Just okay? be better than Duarte. What's that? <laughs> just be better than Duarte. 
Yeah, you just get. I mean, you just got to be better than Duarte. He's been better than Duarte. I mean, Steve, what do you want? To, what do you want? Do you want Duarte back there? Because that's the other choice right now. Yeah, they need okay. some depth back there for sure. I mean, like Gabia like has said, been. Let's just say this. You might say he's not impressive. I'll say he's been good enough. Okay, and he's young. And how does a young player get better? You give him games. Okay, you know. Um, and we haven't really played anyone for him to really be exposed, and yet he has been fair exposed. Enough. Okay, fair. Fair. I agree with him, though. If, you know, one more injury, there's a Kiara or whomever, and it's, it's going to be a calamitous, you know, big, big gaping holes are going to happen, you know, once, you know, if Kiara goes down before Romagnoli's back or whatever. So I think they need some depth for sure. And I think that that's why you're seeing a lot of two nils here from Milan here to start the season, a game against Bologna that last year in that fixture won like something like 5-1. 5-1, yeah. that they should be winning by more than two goals. I think that you're seeing more of a managed approach yeah. because that center back pairing isn't as strong without Romagnoli back there. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, will he be, can a better team come in here and, and, and pants Gabia? Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying that God, the next team we're going to talk about probably could. Yeah. So but, you know, he's holding the fort and he's just he's doing a serviceable job until Romagnoli comes back. But center back is the number one priority for this Milan team. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about that. Um, and I think it's going to be important because there are teams like this next team we're going to talk about Napoli, uh, who just seems so uh, just unbelievable you know, just to start the season here. Uh, they play Genoa. Granted, it's Genoa, but uh, the performance they put on is one of the one of the performances of the weekend. Uh, goals galore in the Napoli Genoa matchup. Uh, scoring started early. Uh, one of the one of the goals of the week candidates. Uh, Mertens over the top pass finds Lozano back post taps it in. Uh, one nothing in the tenth minute. Uh, scoring would stay that way for a while, and then a another goal of the weekend candidate. A beautiful passing display by Napoli. Uh, ends up being Osimon backheel flick to Zelensky, who puts it away, makes it two nothing in the 46th minute. Uh, Dries Mertens would add to that total, make it three nothing in the 57th. Uh, Lozano just eight minutes later would get his uh, double uh, in the 65th. Uh, Elmas with a beautiful goal in the 69th, make it five nothing, and then to round it all out, uh, Matteo Politano in the 72nd minute uh, with a lovely left-footed shot from the right wing side. Uh, six nothing Napoli just run right on Genoa, and you know I want to give Napoli all the credit in the world, and I will. But is this is this Napoli doing being amazing, or is this because they play Genoa? And I want to play devil's advocate because you know. Oh no, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I mean, anytime you see a six 0 win, it's amazing. It's impressive. Yeah, but they played Federico Marchetti in goal. Who's like sixty? I could. I was surprised to see him. <laughs> I was. Um, and then the back three is Davide Baraski, Eduardo Godaniga, and Andrea Masiello, Three of the worst center backs you're going to see. And Genoa just decided, fuck it, let's just let Napoli crush us. This is the lineup we're going to put out. Um, and you know that was frustrating to that was frustrating to watch. Two of the goals came because Genoa can't play out of the back. And tried playing balls across the middle Terrible. that fell right to Napoli feet. So let's Terrible let's player. I mean look at that. That was the third and fourth goals of this game, and then the fifth and sixth just came because this Genoa team was just in. By that time, they were in over their head. I don't, and I'm not pounding on Napoli, okay? Because I did this last week after the game against Parma. I'm not pounding on Napoli, but I'm not 
it's an impressive start. You're top of the table because of the goal difference and all of this other fun stuff. But I am not there yet. I think Osiman is showing a lot of promise. I want him to do this against a better defense. Yeah, um, for sure. We know Dries Mertens can score goals in this league. He's been doing it for years. Herving Lozano is off to a very good start in this league uh, in this season. And, and Zielinski looked good. Yes. But, I mean, this is the this is the biggest trash heap collection of defending and defenders and goalkeeping that you can possibly put together. Um, and you, trying to do this against Napoli, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just like you're 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 in for a beating, and you got a beating. You deserved a beating. When you're pinning your hopes on guys like Goldonago, who's been garbage all see, you know, all throughout his career. Um, you know, Masiello. There's a reason why Atalanta didn't want him around anymore. All right. I mean, Napoli fans, you deserve to be on a high and enjoy it. But my gosh, let's take a look at the crap that you have gotten to play, gotten the opportunity to play against. And uh, I mean, it was 2-0. Third goal came from Genoa trying to play out of the back and for whatever reason wanting to play a ball across the middle and it went to a Napoli player and then it dropped to Mertens. Fourth goal, same thing. Yep. I don't know what the hell they were looking at or what the hell they were looking for. And I mean, it's it's schoolboy stuff. I mean, it's stuff that my I'm trying to get, I'm trying to coach my nine-year-old, my U9 boys, my son's team out of doing. They like making those kinds of passes. Um, you know, into the middle where all the pressure is. Um, it was just, it was, it was a freak show. The, I mean, Genoa legitimately did not look like a Serie A team. Didn't far from it. They look like a mid-table Serie B team with the way they performed. For sure, uh, but I think I do think this Napoli team is for real. I mean, we knew we know that they what they are going to do is be very disciplined defensively, not give you much. Um, but I, what I think these 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 first two games have shown is that it's given them confidence. So when they get to those bigger games, see how they perform, and they'll at least be full of confidence going into this Juventus game. You know, if that game does you know play. Uh, they'll, they'll be full of confidence. Osiman, he needs those two kind of games. Lozano as well after last season. He needs those kind of games to give him uh, some positivity. It's going to do them well. Uh, now, obviously, we want to see what they do against bigger, better opponents like Juventus. And, and, and maybe Juventus aren't all as cracked up as you know we thought and originally after the first week. But um, I like what I saw. I love the passing that they had. It looked a little bit glimpses of, you know, a little bit of Saudi ball previously with the passing and stuff like that. Granted, it's Genoa. <laughs> Training cones could have defended better, Richard. But they got to still put the goals in the back of the net, right? Fine, but shit, it's Marchetti. He can't even move anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, it's just this is, and you and you got and you're still starting Mattia Destro up top, who we've already talked we've we've talked about many times how much. Yeah, <laughs> Steve, thank you. <laughs> Let's stop overthinking things. Mm. I agree. Go do that to Juventus this weekend, and I'll change my tune. Okay, I will. I mean, it's it's. This is. I mean, come on, Federico Marchetti and goal, Dave Beraski, Eduardo Goldanaga, and Andrea Masiello. Napoli fans, I'm with you. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's. I and and listen and listen, Napoli fans, it, enjoy the start to the season. You deserve it. I mean, you're doing what you're supposed to do. If they're going to put shit out to play against you, you go out and you crush them, and that's what you've done. Yeah. But do that to Juve this weekend, okay? Do that to Inter. Do that to Milan. If you do that, I mean, if you can do that against the top teams, I'll think a lot differently than I'm thinking now. I like what you're doing. I like the way you're playing. I love Gattuso. I always have. But I'm trying to just bring everybody back down to planet earth here 
what do we say about Genoa? They're just a pile of mess. They're, they look like they're certain to go down this year. Them and Parma. <laughs> I mean, this, uh, look at this team. I mean, the only the only guy out of this team that I would potential out of this starting eleven that I would part, possibly take and put in a team is Milan Badel. Okay. Uh, maybe Pellegrini. Okay. But Bedell might be the only guy I would take from this group because I can probably find better left wing backs than Pellegrini. Okay. But I mean, he, Bedell's decent and the poor bastard has to go and cover for every, go and run and cover for everybody. Yeah. You know, and I mean, Piaccia just it hasn't worked out wherever he's gone so far. And Destro's yeah, Destro's been terrible for years. It's just yeah. Zapacosta can't stick anywhere. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. this is this is like a ragtag collection of crap. And you know, six nil is appropriate. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't, it's not something honestly. I I love my I love my Napoli friends, but you know, you should beat this a team like this six nil. This isn't something you should celebrate. So, you know, I mean, I, I'm probably getting a little extreme here, but that's just when I look at this team, it's just like, my gosh, this is Genoa, a, a proud club for years and years and years in this league. And this is the crap you're going to throw out there. They're atrocious. They are atrocious. Yeah. yeah so you feel you got to feel for the Genovese fans. Uh, yeah, it's not a, not a, not a, not a kind of game. I mean, I bet they're happy not to come to the games because they have to see this kind of crap, you know, waste your right. money. Right. So, uh, but. I mean, they got to be happy. I mean, shit. That's the, the <laughs> our friend George. If you want, if you want to see cardboard cutouts that are trying to figure out how to leave a damn stadium, <laughs> it's, it's Genoa fans it's leaving cool. the Marassi at this point. They're like, yeah. and, and even hell, Sampdoria fans leaving the Marassi. The Marassi should just stay empty all season. Why would anybody oh, want to go and watch that gosh. crap right now? Oh my god, both sides. Yeah, that's oh. why. That's why Jerry and I are betting on those two teams. So they're both. And you terrible. have Genoa finishing higher than Sampdoria. Oh, I just want a Sampdoria jersey. That's all I want. <laughs> I see what you're doing now. You're trying to justify this. That's right. That's uh, that's how I do it. Spin it my try, way. Trying to justify your own madness. Speaking <laughs> of spinning things their way, uh, we had uh, Roma hosting Juventus. Uh, you know, both teams had interesting first weeks. Obviously, Juventus had the better of the first uh, games. Uh, they looked very good in their first game against Sampdoria. Granted, Sampdoria. Uh, Roma had a uh, a poor defeat to uh, Genoa or to Hellas Verona, three nothing. Uh, three goals, three beautiful goals that they can't live down for the rest of their uh, season. Uh, but this game was uh, interesting to start, to say the least. Uh, first off, uh, in the 31st minute, there was a penalty call on uh, Robbie Yo in the box. A good call, in my opinion. That was a yep. penalty for Veratu. Veratu stepped up to get the goal there. Uh, and then an equally a good call in the uh, 43rd minute, Ronaldo trying to get it past, I guess it's Pellegrini. Uh, stick his hand out, handball. I thought that was a legit call as well. Uh, of course, Ronaldo is going to step up, score that goal, one-one. Uh, and just before halftime, um, Jordan Vera two, uh, he gets a goal, makes it two to one. I thought Roma were by far the best team in the first half. Frank, um, I'm curious what you thought, but I thought their midfield was just doing an excellent job against Juventus. Uh, you know, if it was Jacko, had a couple opportunities this game to really put this game away, did not. But I thought that midfield was really running right in the first half. I'm with you. Um... The game plan was was very acceptable. They were they were inviting Juve to have the ball, and they were going to try and go ahead and hit them on the break. They they looked to take advantage of you know an aging Bonucci and Chiellini, and uh, and that's what they did. They created some counterattack situations. They made the most of their possession when they got the ball going forward. 
Um, yeah, Jekyll missed out on some great chances. Mikatarian had an awesome chance at the very beginning of this game yeah. that he that he should have been able to finish. Yeah. Um, so it was. I thought it was a very solid first half from Roma, uh, yeah. and it had put Juventus on the ropes. Um, I think that playing Morata, and we talked about this last week. I think Morata's a guy. I don't, you know, this felt forced. You know, with, with Morata right off yeah, the bat, I think that there was there was some learning curve stuff going on with getting him acclimated with playing with Ronaldo. It wasn't as there wasn't as much freedom. You know, the game gets you know with a guy like Morata, which he's not really a nine in the sense of you know just standing in the center or waiting for balls to come into the box. He has a little bit of mobility to him, you know. But you're you're jamming that in there when you had. Ronaldo and Kulishevsky working so well in the first game um, against Sampdoria. You had uh, Cuadrado and uh, Fabrota operating as wingbacks. So you had that working out. Um, and uh, so for me, it was very curious to see Pirlo all of a sudden jamming Morata in there. You know, it's almost like, hey, we signed this as my shiny new toy. We need to play with it. And I just... Uh, I, I I didn't get it. Uh, can we all agree that this was the worst Juve we have seen in the last ten years? No, because I actually think this Juve is over the course of the season going to be really damn good. Yeah. Um, uh, first but, half didn't look great for sure. But this was a this was a freak show. You're jamming in a guy that's not played with these guys yet, not trained with these guys very much in a big game. I mean, as much as I want to crap on Roma, uh, this is still a big fixture. Uh, I would have stuck with what was working if I was Pierre Lawrence. It's one of those rookie manager mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, speaking of rookie mistakes, I think, you know, Rabio got did get a yell in the, in the 30th minute, and you're talking about rookie mistakes. You know, often the 58th minute, he takes off Weston McKinney, who's having a decent game. It wasn't a great game, but he was having a better game than Rabio. He brings in Arthur, obviously his new man. And, um, you know, up until the 62nd minute when Rabio gets a red card, Roma, I thought, was dominating the game. They, they looked like they were going to win the game. Uh, but when they got that red card, when Juventus got that red card, go down to 10 men, it seemed like Roma just stopped playing. Just before this red card, uh, you know, I think Jekko had two opportunities, point blank, misses them, one off the post and goes out wide, another one he missed again. Um, and then six second minute, the red card happened, and it looked like they were like, okay, we're going to win this game. We got a man up. And they just stopped playing. Juventus turns it on as they should because uh, we've, we've talked about it many times. When a team goes down to red, they either play like crap or they play even better. Juventus played better, I thought. Uh, and then, you know, just minutes later after that red card, uh, Danilo with a, a, a wonderful chip pass over the top from the right-hand side finds, of course, Ronaldo, who jumps like 20 feet in the air to get a header or get a goal, uh, tie the game. And at that point, from that point on, it was just all Juventus. And I think Roma got lucky to get away with a point in this game. They should have had three points, and they barely got away with one in this game, Frank. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those where they're going to, you know, they're going to rule it. Um, it's, uh, but I think the Juventus are going to look at this and say, even man with the team, with 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 a man that we should have taken advantage of a very inept Roma down the stretch, you know, and finish them off. Uh, and they didn't, but um, you know, so at the end of the day, a point is fair largely because of the ineptitude of Roma. Yeah, um, you know, in the fight back of Juve uh, with what they did in the uh, in the second half. Um, 
Why did uh, Fonseca only make two subs? He brought on Bruno Perez for Davide San. He, he basically took out San. Uh, he took, you know, he did a like for like with Perez and for Santon, and then he adjusted the formation when he brought on Diawara for Pellegrini. Yep. Um, you know, and got them into, I believe that made them more of a 4 4 2. Um, so, no, that was, yeah, no, he brought him on for Spinazzola. So, yeah, that would have been a, a 4 4 2 or a 4 3 3 of some By sort. By the way, Spinazzola, I think, has had a fantastic two games so far with Roma. He's looked really good in that left left back role. Obviously, uh, an improvement from Kolarov. Um, I thought he's looked very lively in his first two games, and uh, yeah, good for good for Roma in that sense. But I, I think Fonseca is playing like a scared manager at the moment. A lot of rumors of you know possibly Ranya coming in there and and doing what he would have done at Milan, take over as you know sporting director and and, and manager. So maybe he's just playing like a scared manager. He's not making quite the right tactics because I mean up at two one, I don't care who you're playing against, and up a man, you should win that game. And they completely switched off, and I, I you got to blame that on. On the manager, I guess. I, I, mean, I guess the players take some blame to this too because they were on the pitch, right? Yeah, I mean it was relatively negative uh, for a team that was playing with a man up, and they just decided to take the route of okay. It looked like they lost the guy. I mean, yeah, heck. we're two one up. We're just going to let them have it. And we'll just if we stay organized, if we keep things compact, if we don't give any get anything allowed behind us, you know, we'll get the three points and we'll get out of here. And I and it backfired on them. Um, yeah. So. Uh, as far as this game, uh, Checo should have won it for Roma with his two chances. Yes, uh, Morata is totally overrated. I don't know totally about that. I just don't like him playing matches from the start for this Juventus team. I'd rather let them, you know, I I, I, I love the Kulishevsky-Ronaldo combo up front. And, and Steve's talking about it right here. They put the, you know, they put Kulishevsky in the wrong place because of Morata, you know, overthinking things. And I, I think yeah, that was a terrible Pirlo decision. figures this out in the season because – Everyone, all the Juventus team were screaming you, from the top. You need to have Ronaldo and Kulisevsky up top. Yep. We, I agree. They look very good in that first game. And uh, I, I'm curious, you know, I, I said this in the first game that Roma's midfield looked very good. Uh, and that could have been part of why Juventus didn't play as well. But I, I want to see how they play against uh, Napoli coming up, you know, because that's another very good midfield. Are they going to be overrun again? We'll see. Uh, yep. I'm curious. This. This is why, and I, the, this uncertainty for me is why I had Juventus so low. Yes, I had very low third place this season, but uh, it's not a not a good good start against a team that we're all picking to be, you know, in seventh place or worse this year. So, I mean, it's it's early. I know it's early. I know. I think that this Juve under Pirlo, Pirlo is going to get better as a manager, and the team is going to get better as the season yeah. goes on. This is going to be one of those seasons where maybe they fall behind a little bit, but as the season wears on. They get on a run and they just start pulling ahead of everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, for Roma, it's just you know, first of all, um, you know, this time as far as the roster submission, um, eighteen bosses probably looked at it. Uh, there was a memo. I mean, it's all all the stuff from Office Space, right? <laughs> um, where uh, you know, they 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 get to the guy, the, the new hire, and they say, "Hey, uh, we're now putting cover sheets on our." TPS reports and you yeah. turned in your TPS report without a cover sheet. Well, now, you know, we can't say that is the existing guy because the existing guy left for Hellas Verona that are the one that did it last week. So um, who is worse, Genoa or Schalke? Oh. <sighs> Look what he's doing to you. 
I'm going to leave this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Not only him, it's also a bag full of toffees. Like, oh, McKinney's so happy he left Shock. I'm like, yeah, they're both right. They're both right. Yeah, they're all pounding on you now. They're all piling on you. See what they're doing. So, Stevie might win Calcio Twitter. I mean, that's not on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Go put it on Twitter quickly. We don't have a lot of we don't have a lot of entries here right now. Uh, So, oh man. Yep. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, all of the comments on this overthinking things again. You know, playing the Swedish star out of place because of Morata. Yeah, Morata is a guy you bring in in the 60th minute when you need a striker, when you need a target to play to. You know, you. Yeah. You need to that when that center backs are worn out trying to keep up with because they have been chasing Ronaldo and Kulishevsky all game. If you do it that way, you're going to win a lot of games uh, and you're going to cause a lot of problems. So it's it's you know, that's that, that's where I'm at with it. I think that Rome is in a lot of trouble because their approach to things can get really crazy. Like in this one, they had the three points in the bag. They dropped two of them. And I think Juve, it's a, it's a scenario where they found a way to scratch out a point not playing their best. Pirlo is going to learn from putting out a system like this that just didn't work. Hopefully he learns against Napoli you don't jam Morata in there because you're going to be playing 11 v 10 because Koulibaly will just laugh his ass off and say, oh, you're, you're just – you're not going to move much. I, I, I can deal with you. So um, – you know, so they need to get back. If they play that three-five-two against Napoli, they're going to give themselves a better chance of winning than if they try to jam Morata in there because it's not going to work. I'll just say it right now: five days ahead of when they play each other, it's not going to work. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree about that. Um, well, enough of this game because another team that didn't make it work, uh, a team that looks like a relegation team at this moment, and one of the coaches that I've tipped for uh, being one of the first to be fired. Uh, Parma were on the road against Bologna, and Bologna looked like a powerhouse against them. Uh, scoring started in the 16th minute. Soriano uh, gets a goal, makes it one nothing. Uh, he just 14 minutes later in the 30th, he would double it with a goal of the week candidate uh, to make it two nothing for Parma. Heading into halftime, uh, coming out of the break, Scov Olsen, a lovely play again. Soriano with the assist, uh, made it three nothing in the 56th minute. Uh, Parma would peg one back through Hernani in the 67th, but uh, Palacio with a wonderful goal, a, a goal of the week nominee uh, in the 91st minute, made it four to one. Pa- Bologna has completely dominated Parma. Um, uh, you know, I want to I want to give P- Bologna their credit because they they played well. Soriano played amazing in this game, but uh, I'm more worried about Parma and how they've played over the first two games of the season. And um, Liverani, uh, he is uh, showing showing basically himself of why you know why he didn't do so well in his previous stint. Um, he's taking a team that's been who had a pretty good season last year. Yeah, they sucked at the end, but he's taking a team that was pretty good and making them look almost as bad as Genoa. Um, they're his tactics are very aggressive, and he doesn't have the. Is this an adjustment period? Just because they they haven't figured him out yet in terms of his, what he wants to play out there? Oh yeah. Play? Um. Parma under Diversa were a team that could hit you on the break <laughs> um, and were very effective at it. You know, I mean, and they had, I mean, they had Kulishevsky. Not having Kulishevsky is obviously an issue. Um, the midfield is, is, is reasonable for this league. Brugman. Sure, sure. Yeah. Brugman's good. Yeah. Brugman's good. Um, Kuchka. You know, and- Kuchka is reckless at times. Hernani's skilled. You know, I think. 
I think Kortich is still there. You put him in the mix sometimes. Um, or maybe he's not. Well, he wasn't on the bench. So, uh, but, you know, you had Kuliszewski, Gervinho, and Corne- you know, Cornelius as your front three. So you had the ability to, you know, to hit off the break. You had a big target that, you know, you play out to. And then you have Kuliszewski and Gervinho running off and getting balls. And if you don't play to the target, you can play to those two guys running out. Um, you know, so all of those things are, are options. And right now, you know, Jovino is still there. Karamo is there. He's not Kuliszewski. Karamo's solid, but he's not Kuliszewski. And then this uh, Jacopo Detsi is, uh, you know, a guy I just need to see a little bit more of. So, but I think that Leverani is trying to massage some of his concepts into this. They're a departure from what Diversa does. And one of the things, and you, you can play word associate, when you associate you know, Liverani's Legge, it's bad defending. And we're seeing bad defending at Parma, and it's leading to goals. And, uh, you know, Bologna took full advantage. No, for sure. And uh, good for Bologna. Bologna needed that bounce back after having a uh, – they had a tough game against Milan, 2-0 uh, only. They lost, and it was, they were in the mix. But um, being able to bounce back and get some confidence against uh, a team like Parma – and you know, really for you know, Scove Olsen, you know, their young kid who who got that nice goal, and Soriano uh, has got to do wonders for him and his confidence, getting two goals and assists in this game. And you know, um, yeah, good for Bologna and good for Mihalovic. Uh, let's let's see if they can carry this into the next game. Yeah, I this Bologna side is solid. Yeah, um, I agree. I don't think they're a Europa League team bag full of toffee, uh, but I think they're solid. I think they're, a, they're you know they're in that fight for ninth, tenth, eleventh. You know, kind of in there with uh, Cagliari, uh, you know, and I think the way they're running, I think Hellas Verona too. Um, it's not a knock on them. It's it's that's how good the teams up in the top eight are. They're yeah, really good. Um, and a team like Sassuolo may not even make the Europa League or Roma. That's how good the top eight is. So it's, it's no knock right. on Bologna. Bologna is an excellent team. It's just they're not quite as to that level that the other teams are. Right. So, um, so I. You know, I think that the, the the talent is there now. You if you take Tomiyasu out of this picture, and if he ends up going somewhere else, that's going to make them a little more susceptible defensively. Um, and then uh, scouting back there in the in the midfield behind those guys is also good. Uh, that's another guy you probably want to keep an eye on as we go. Um, I thought he was very good against Milan, and he was very good here too. Um, mm-hmm. So just taking a look at his. Uh, statistics created a chance, uh, but where his where he where he made his money was, uh, you know, winning balls back, three interceptions, five tackles, one. Um, a guy that certainly fits as someone that they need to work behind all of those playmakers that want to link up with the forward and, and and create the scoring chances. So a lot of ground for scouting to cover, and he's proving, you know, so far in these first two games that he's another guy that we might want to keep an eye on that could be very very useful if he doesn't hang his hat at Bologna that he could end up at a better team some at some point. No doubt. No doubt about it. So that's all the games of the, the weekend. Uh, talk goals. Yeah. Um, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, the first three are in no particular order. Uh, so I'm going to say my first three, I'm going to say uh, Soriano, his second goal. I really like that goal. Um, I'm going to say, uh Papu Gomez and Hatabur are my next two. And I know you're high you're high on Papu Gomez. Uh my number two is going to be Zelinski's that team goal that, that Napoli had 
uh, finished off by the back heel flick from Osiman to Zelensky. That's number two for me. Number one for me, I'm going to give it to Benevento, the new boys. Getting the game winner by Letizia, a, a long-range bomb in the 88th minute. Gives them the first win of the season. Uh, first first win in Serie A uh, this year. So, uh, yeah, that, that's my number one goal of the week. It's just more of a, a heart pull than anything else. You're a sucker for that. I am, aren't I? So, <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, my goals of the week uh, in at number five, I'm going with that Napoli team goal finished by Zielinski um, for Soriano's second goal. So we're, we're in agreement there. Number three, I'm going with the Federico Chiesa goal for that Ribery pass. Oh, wow, that pass is beautiful. Yep. Uh, number two, I have number two, I have Muriel's volley. Um, yep. uh, and then number one, Papu Gomez's rocket. Uh, for me, that was the goal of the week. We had 43 goals to choose from. I mean, take your pick, right? Yeah, we didn't have any shortage of didn't have any shortage of options. No. Unlike so. the first week, right? Yeah. <laughs> five goals or five games, I think. It was. Yeah, that's for sure. Oh. Um, winners and losers this week. Um, you have at it first, I guess. Yeah. Um, I want to say general because it's an easy pick, but I'm going to go with Roma. They had the game one, in my opinion. They stopped playing. Uh, Jekyll, two quality opportunities to make it three one. Uh, or even four one, I guess if he, if he finished both of them and failed to do so, went up man and still you know end up losing points in that game. So Roma's my loser of the game of the week. Uh, winners of the week, I'm gonna go with man Benevento, getting getting the first win. Uh, you know comeback win in that game of that because they were down two nothing and uh, yeah, great win for them and I'm happy for them, happy for people. Yeah, yeah. No problem with uh, those answers, and uh, for the reason that you say Benevento, Sampdoria is my loser this week. You're 2-0 up, and I know that it's very early in the game, and there was a lot going on yet. Another 72 minutes or so to deal with a 2-0 lead, but you have got to. That is a team that you're going to be in direct competition with uh, for survival. Uh, so to at home, fans or no fans, 2-0 up, and to lose 3-2, not good. Not good at all. Uh, yeah. You're in a relegation fight. I don't care how big you think you are um it's it's you're in a relegation fight and it's going to be ugly yeah. um winner for me um i am going to say ooh, there have been some there have been some win there's some winners and benevento is a very good shout um you know i don't don't have an issue with that but um i guess i'll say it i'll go with milan uh, okay. you know, you know, when's the last time we said that they've played two and one, two, um, to start the season. Yeah. Uh, they're, they, they had to do it without Ibrahimovic, uh, and they found a way to get a two nil win against Crotone. They're finding ways to win. Um, uh, so I, uh, I, I like them as the winners this week. I think that, uh, you know, they, they, they got through a very tricky Europa League qualifier beating Glimt yep. uh, and then following that up with winning at Crotone. And, and we know that Crotone is probably a relegation choice right now, but uh, you know, to, to get, to keep winning without Ibra is going to build confidence for the rest of that squad. I agree. I agree about that. Nothing wrong with those choices. All right. And we finish off with who won Calcio Twitter. Yeah, we yeah. Have a, we don't have a very wide range of uh, options this week. No. Uh, the first one that comes up is uh, it was from Michael Lisi. It says, uh, not hard to not hard when you play low-end teams like Shamrock Rovers and Juventus. Barumch. <laughs> now, uh, let's see here. Um, I am going to read you the one that came from... Uh, at, from uh, Siavush 
Falahi at oh, Seattle yeah, yeah. Chef. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Milan security team running in to reinforce the Champions League trophy room <laughs> when Agnelli comes visiting. It's <laughs> it's from the Drew Carey show where they're all running out and running as hard as they can. I <laughs> um, want Agnelli to get near old big ears, right? That's right. So uh let's see i saw what? you nominated uh sampdoria with uh their qualiarella and um uh, candreva commercial that they had yes yes uh i like that the uh um nominating actually i should move to latest i'll probably be able to see all of these there you go. i'm looking at top that's where i'm that's where i'm screwing up here okay so yes the uh, uh at sampdoria um if you haven't checked it back on september 25th uh they played a video of uh Quagliarella at a restaurant being served a, uh, a nice wine and some food um, and serving him is uh, Antonio Candreva. So uh, the new signing for uh, Sampdoria. So very, very clever, um, very creatively done. So definitely, uh, definitely enjoyed that. Um, let's see here. Further Sabrina, Sabrina nominated uh, it's um at Michael Delutis, uh, it says, uh, "Oh, it says I always have a hard time watching Interplay." Uh, it, was, it was a someone said. Sabrina asked, uh, "Is anyone having trouble watching Inter versus Fiorentina?" And he, so his response was, "I always have a hard time watching Interplay." <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think people were having feed problems with Dazen up in Canada. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for a number of games, uh, at least from what I was from what I was seeing. So, um. Okay, uh, <laughs> we've got a couple of these. I'm going to read these off. First of all, Milan Bangers at AC Milan underscore SA. Can't wait for Pocket Tot to shine in the Farmers League and Milan Twitter to act like he wasn't completely dog shit for us and blame it on the management. It's going to be great. <laughs> That's good. That's Again, good. at AC Milan underscore SA. If you're a Milan supporter, please follow that. Please follow that account. It's, <laughs> it's good stuff. Our friend over at uh, Calcio Connection, uh, at Alex Dono, um, we need to start investing in young players like you guys did with Pacata and Piontek. <laughs> <laughs> Even Michael Lisi liked that. He's like, well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> that was good. Uh, let's see. And then we've got a couple more here. Of course, Steve at Milan Weekly Podcast finally uh, entered it. Who is worse, Genoa or Schalke? Uh, taking a dig at our own Richard Carmen. Oh, yes. That's a million-dollar question there, huh? <laughs> uh, and, late mention uh, here. Late mention. Another late one here. Frank at uh, Seria underscore A-U-S-T. A friend of mine today told me that you should never consume a hash cookie moments before watching Atalanta play. Watching Seria, as you know it, will never be the same. That's a trip. That's a trip. <laughs> it is a trip. <laughs> I think that's all of them, huh? That that is all of them. Um, I'm going with uh, my my winner is uh, Siavush Falahi. Well played, okay. nice okay. dig at Agnelli and uh, Juventus. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Alex Dano. <laughs> I'm going to go with Alex Dano with his uh, his dig on Paqueta and uh, Piantic. I like that. Okay, <laughs> excellent stuff. So we don't have a two time winner yet. There's plenty of time. There's plenty of season for that though. We've got a lot of guys getting on the board the first time, but uh, yeah. we don't have a two time winner just yet. So, uh, Milan Europa League qualifier. Their next one, I believe, is it Rio Ave? They're playing. I believe so. Yes. I run out of. Uh, yes. Let me check. I've got my Europa League app. I've got Milan saved as my 
favorite team on there. So let's take a look. It's a playoff match. Uh, they're not telling me. Oh, yeah, here we go. And they're going to Portugal for it. They're playing Rio Ave. Uh, and if they win that, that puts them into the uh, league proper. So okay. don't know anything about Rio Ave, but Portuguese teams can be very technical, Yep. Um, can be very difficult to deal with. Um, they should win. Uh, I would probably say this is a 2-1 win for Milan. I think they'll concede one at least. Um, and I'm, I'm saying this not knowing anything about the Portuguese team. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Um, I'm You're not going to put yourself out there, but you're not going to put I'm yourself not, out there, are you? I'm not because I'm going to go with what you picked. How about that? Okay. I'm just excited to see Napoli Juventus if it comes, if it does play. So just yeah, if it plays, those teams out. So I'm going with not. I'm going with Juve to win. Uh, I'll go Napoli. I'll go Napoli. Just because I've had you. I mean, I'm picking Juve to be the champions. You have to um, all season. <laughs> well, I can't pick. I'm not going to pick them every game. But, I mean, it's at the J. Not that that matters. There's not fan. Well, there's a thousand fans. So, um, you know, it's at the J. It's a trip. It's a it's a road. I mean, Napoli probably might have this, this, this COVID thing and having the extra rigorous testing because they were exposed to Genoa. You know, it might be a it might be a distraction for them. So I think that this is going to be a game that while Pirlo is trying to implement a certain style, there's enough players in this Juve team that have that Juve, that old Juve know-how that I think you're going to see that kick in and prevail. Um, and I, I think they beat Napoli. I think they do it narrowly. Um, I think it's going to be in the neighborhood of 2-1. Okay. Uh, there will be goals in the game, but um, I'm going to go narrow. I'm going to go Juve to beat Napoli, but only just. I, I think that the uh, they're missing some key pieces. The Juventus are, um, and I think they're maybe they're pushed back, put back a little bit from what happened with against Roma's midfield. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna go Napoli. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on the edge here and say three one Napoli on the road. All right, you gotta you gotta make a bold bold call there, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah. Good Hope stuff. Gabi go gonna shine. Steve says you're damn right. <laughs> Even if you're being sarcastic. <laughs> We're gonna. Do, I mean, he and I are disagreeing. I, from what I watch, I mean, if at his, if at this stage in his career that he's he's just being serviceable enough for Milan, that's fine for me. I'm not expecting him. Yeah, and uh, bag full of toffee as well agrees with me. Says Juve two, Napoli one. So that'll be the big game on Sunday. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. Bag full of toffee. Us to Everton. Brighton. Yeah. This isn't. This isn't Premier League. <laughs> so, he's got to get it in though again so you see it but you know what we're very proud of don carlo and the work that he's doing to start the season and uh he's got boy man he's got them playing well so so we'll see what we'll see what happens all right uh that's going to put a bow on this edition of Serie sit down shameless plug time richard have at it yeah uh well obviously you can well not obviously you can always follow me anywhere at r underscore k-h-a-r-m-a-n on social media but uh there will be a new video out this week uh it's going to be in the azzurri on and a player that could be the uh the catalyst for them going into euros who that is you'll have to wait and see but yeah okay coming on i'm at ftc underscore 21 right there uh on twitter uh, that's where you can find me. City, uh, I sit down. We have our own channel on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, just about anywhere you find uh, podcasts. You can find City, I sit down uh, here on YouTube. Uh, drop a like if you enjoyed this video. Subscribe to the channel so that you can get notifications for when we go on the air or when we drop a video. Um, 
Uh, stay uh, tuned to us. We try to stay as connected as possible to what's going on in the peninsula uh, and try to bring it to you with the most honest opinion of what it means, uh, player, team, etc. cetera. Uh, Richard did do a poll, you know, talking about individual players, talking about, you know, and I think that that was the prevailing one there. Um, so you will see some player profiles here coming through, whether it's from Richard or from myself, if I can get some equipment upgrades. I don't have the nice, fancy high def. You got, I've got a phone. The, you got a phone. Well, I got a phone. But you got to mm -hmm. hold the phone and I got to do this. And this, you know, I'm making excuses, um, but I'll do it. Uh, so we'll talk about some player profiles. We'll get into that. Um, and uh, you can also find us on uh, at City I Sit Down on Twitter, on Instagram. We're also on Facebook. Check us out in the social media world. Uh, drop comments, drop questions, anything you want to see for uh, future podcasts. We're happy to uh, provide that for you. So uh, chat, you guys came through big time, man. You guys were all awesome. Um, what else were you going to do? Watch two old men yell at each other? You could watch two old men yell at each other here. I was just saying, we're doing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> And you're not, and you're not going to be angry about it either. So, um, I don't know. You and Steve got pretty angry there for a second. Yeah. Well, you know, we just have differing opinions about one young player. He want, you know, if a young player doesn't play to his lofty, unreasonable standards, then he's crap. So, hi, Steve. <laughs> uh, so thanks for uh, joining us in the chat. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it all. Um, He's off to make a pony. Have at it. So uh, I'm off to finish my beer and uh, head to bed. So we all may like different teams. We have a strong community here. Absolutely, George. Thank you all for listening. For Richard, I'm Frank. As always, tell your paisans about us. Ciao.